Good morning, family. Shall we please pray? Father, let your ancient words impart. Lord, please speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Um, for the next two weeks, we want to look at a, a sensitive issue, an all-important issue. You know, Proverbs offers us a key to life. It offers us wisdom, the moral and spiritual discernment we need to be able to live lives how God wants it to be, to live in God's world in submission to him. And the wisdom teacher is going to talk to us on the issue of forgiveness. So this week, we want to listen to Solomon's wisdom to learn a bit of the what. And next week, we'll also listen to the greater than Solomon, the one in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge to learn more about the how. So Proverbs 20 Verse 22. Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will avenge you. We want to look at three things from here. Something about others. Something about yourself, and then something about God. Others, yourself, and then God. The others signified by the you. I'll pay you back for this wrong. We see the situation, we find ourselves in this proverb. Others, the you, they'll wrong you. That is the reality we are being shown here. Others will wrong you. People will wrong you. In Proverbs, he shows us some of the various ways people wrong. So, for example, the, one of the Proverbs we read, Proverbs 28 Sorry, Proverbs 24. We read 29. But just look at the previous verse. So 29 says, Do not say, almost repeating what we are seeing in Proverbs 20, Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Now look at 28. What is happening there? Do not testify against your neighbor without cause. Would you use your lips to mislead? Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. So it appears that there, the wrong that is being done is people falsely accusing you. People will wrong you. And one of the ways might be 
they testify falsely about you. They say things they have no clue about about you. Things they know is not true, but then they will still peddle it. What they have not seen or heard from you, they go around and communicate that we heard and saw this person say and do these things. Testify falsely about you. People will wrong you. Another way, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. The words of the reckless pierce like salts. The tongue of the reckless pierce like people will say things to you that would deeply wound you. People will wrong you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Sticks and stones break only skin, whilst words are ghosts that haunt me. Slant and curved the word, swords fall. It pierces and sticks inside me. Bats and bricks may ache through bones, but words can mortify me. Pain from wounds has left a scar on mind and heart that tender. Cuts and bruises have not healed. It's words that I remember. Somebody can say something to you in five minutes that will take you over three years to recover from. Words can pierce you. Proverbs 16, verse 28 A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Some important thing about yourself that you entrusted to someone, this friend can go around peddling it, and it destroys all other friendships. People can betray you. So that is where the, the wisdom teacher is bringing us. That is the situation he wants us to be fully aware of. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the world. Maybe I should say, welcome to church. But there's something, you know, it's not just the pain that people will cause us. The pain people cause us also invokes something in us. So we want to look at the truth about ourselves. What people say will cause us pain, and that pain can provoke something. What is it? I will pay you back. Our natural reaction to the hurt and pain from people is to revenge. 
we are taken to the place of commerce. If you owe some, somebody something, you have to pay. They owe you. And you want to exact payment from them. I will pay you back for this wrong. You want to hold them accountable. There's this sense of justice that works up within us. There's some way of some things that are shaking and you want to bring equilibrium. They have wronged you in some way. The wisdom teacher sees and he wants to come to our aid to speak to us. So he says, verse 20, 22, do not say. For the wrongs of others, to the large extent, we cannot prevent them. What others will do to us is beyond our control. But the wisdom teacher is saying, how you react to it, you need to hear this. Do not say. Our desire for justice is right. But the wisdom teacher is bringing attention to this. If you want to live in God's world as a wise person, do not say. Do not say. He's not denying the wrong. So he's not denying the effect this wrong has had upon you. But he says, my son, my daughter, I want you to grow in wisdom. So do not say. And the way he is going to encourage us to listen to what he says is now the third point. Show us something about God. Wait for the Lord. And he will avenge you. We need to know this about God if we would listen to the wisdom teacher. He says, wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. I think what he's doing here in the, in the last line is he's applying an earlier revelation. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35, God has said something about himself, and the wisdom teacher is applying to his people. God has said, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will avenge. So the wisdom teacher is aware of this, so he says, Listen, I can't deny the reality of the pain and the hurt. But what I can admonish you is this. Do not say, and the reason is this. God says, revenge and vengeance, they are his exclusive rights. 
That is what he says in Deuteronomy. He says, these things, they are mine. Look at the possessive word there. They are mine. God does not share this with anyone. He says that they are mine. So the wisdom teacher says, wait for the Lord. Our quest for justice is right. But the question is, who will execute this justice? And the wisdom teacher says, wait for the Lord. So as you are speaking about forgiveness, the first step is this. To recognize that only God has the right to avenge. When I see wait for the Lord, the story that comes to mind is the story of Saul in 1 Samuel 13. Samuel had told him, yes, there's going to be a battle. I want you to wait. I'll come in seven days and I'll offer up sacrifices. So the Philistines gather against Israel and then the Israelites also gather themselves. Now, Saul is waiting. He actually waited for the seven days. But he saw that his soldiers were getting agitated and they wanted to leave and all that. So then he said, I know what can be done. A sacrifice. What does it take to take a knife and kill an animal and the blood will spill? I can also do this. So he does. And the, sudden, the Bible said immediately he finishes it. Someone turns up and he says, listen, look at the wisdom where he says, you have done foolishly. God would have established your kingdom forever. But because you failed to wait, your kingdom will not endure. Now, this is a man arrogating for himself a responsibility that was exclusive for another man. How much more us? if we take something that exclusively belongs to God. God is not mocking our pain. God is not denying it. But God says, listen, and this is the hard and painful thing about this issue of forgiveness. God says you have been deeply wounded but the one to execute justice is not you. One writer defined forgiveness about this. Describing forgiveness, he says, when we strive against all thoughts of revenge, when we will not do our enemies mischief but wish well to them, Grieve at their calamities, pray for them. Seek reconciliation with them and show ourselves ready on all occasions to relieve them. What I find interesting in this description is the first thing he says. When we strive against all thoughts of revenge. This is where it starts from. When we strive 
against all thoughts of revenge. Is this thing easy? To forgo your rights. I, I think about Joseph. Genesis 45. When his brothers come, before he reveals himself to his brothers and forgives them, do you know what he did? Genesis 45 verse 2. We are told that he told the, the people in the household and the court to leave him. And the Bible says, he wept so bitterly that the Egyptians and the, the palace people, they all heard him. What, what is that showing us? This is a painful and hateful thing. As painful as he realizes this, I would mourn, I would grieve, I would lament. I'll be broken. But I have to recognize this. Vengeance is not my right. So maybe for some of us, that is what we need to do. We have to settle in our hearts this. Through our tears, through our brokenness, we have to come to the place that is settled. I have been deeply wounded. But God says, vengeance is not mine. God is calling us to surrender our grief to him. So you see, forgiveness is an act of faith. God is calling us to trust that he is better in making justice than you or me. When God is calling us to forgiveness and he says the first step recognizes that vengeance is he wants us to trust him with our sorrow and pain. That God is better at balancing the scales of justice and mercy. When we read in 2429, it says, Do not say, I will do to them as they have done to me. Do you know who said that in Scripture? Samson. Something. That is what he said. So in his life, when they do something, he says, I've only done to them what they did to me. How did he end up? There's another vision we are shown here. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit 
was found in his mouth. When they held their insults at him, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats instead. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The wisdom teacher is calling us to follow the example of our Savior. To become wise as he is. Jesus of the scars. If we have never sought, we see thee now. Thine eyes bend through the dark are only stars. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. We must have thee, O Jesus of the scars. The heavens frighten us. They are too calm. In all the universe, we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us. Where is the balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars, we claim thy grace. If when doors are shut, thou drawest near, only reveal those hands, that side of thine. We know today what wounds are. Have no fear. Show us thy scars. We know the countersign. The other gods were strong, but thou was weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And not a God has wounds, but thou alone. Jesus of the scars. Your Savior has scars. He entrusted himself unto his Father, who is able to do justly. You can also entrust your pain to him. Let's pray.